Well, we are alive, pal. Mike, how you doing, my friend? I cannot contain my uh, my excitement. All right. I have, a, I have a wrestling boner. Oh, really? There's something exciting happening this week, a, per se. A wrestle, a wrestle rection, if you will. A wrestle rection. I see, I see. And and why might that be? Do we have something exciting going on this week? I'm I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to dumb it down. I'm not going to lie. This is the best show we've done so far. Yeah, you know, we've done some real good ones. And I, I think uh, the last few weeks we've been really rolling and, and having some fun shows. But we are joined by a great guest this week. We're going to get to an interview in a little bit with a uh, new friend of the show, uh, our new mate, Mad Dog Connor. Listen, man, I, I've been podcasting now for, for a good number of years, right? Um, with my former podcast, The Lasting Mark, I did a lot of really, really great shows with, with my partner, Danny, and, and with a lot of cool guests. Um, this show makes the top three podcasts I've ever done. Wow, that's awesome. Man. For sure. And that, you know, I, and, and I said on our live video tonight on Facebook, man, I, I've interviewed the likes of Tommy Dreamer and, and Spencer Rice, uh, among others. Mad Dog Connor, a variable unknown wrestler in the world, uh, made his way as my favorite interview I've ever done. Mad Dog was awesome. Um, I, we look forward to you guys hearing what Mad Dog has to say. He was so cool sticking around, talking about Triple H with us after. His story is incredible. Uh, it's really fun. Uh, it just feels like you're sitting around and shooting the shit with one of the boys by the time this thing was, was all said and done. So that, thank that, you, that, Mad Dog, by the way. That's exactly it. And, and Connor said it the best, where he, he basically said near the end, it felt like, you know, even though we've never met, he, he felt like he met a couple of new mates as you said. Well, that's it. And our, our new goal is to get Mad Dog booked in Toronto so we can share a pint with them. Absolutely. I'm going to make uh, that our goal. That, that or let's get uh, Counted Out booked in China. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. That uh, I, I think that Mad Dog's a little bit more over than we are right now. No, for sure. I, uh, <laughs> I well, well, Exactly. Maybe he can use his poll to get us out there, right? That's it. All uh, right. Uh, <laughs> I do love Chinese food. I, I was going to say we could start the hashtag, um, hashtag book mad dog, but uh, hashtag counted out China works just as good for me too. <laughs> yeah, let's do both. We'll see which one happens first. Do we get mad dog over in Canada or do we go and get out to China? Um, for those of you that are not familiar, we are going to be posting uh, as we have done in the past, the last few days already. We're going to continue to keep posting all mad dog social medias on there. Uh, before we do get to the interview, Mike, let's talk of just very quickly because I want to, I want our listeners to jump into this show. But let's just talk very quickly. I know you said you want to talk about backlash a little bit. Yeah, um, I have an opinion that uh, is not exactly matched by the the the, the masses. Um, nobody, I haven't heard anybody talk shit about the pay per view per se. But I also haven't heard anybody talk as highly as I've been talking about it. I'm call- yeah, you're a big fan. I'm calling I'm calling it a definite B plus pay per view, and yeah. it has officially outranked the 2020 Royal Rumble as my favorite pay per view of the year. Really? Okay. Okay. Well, we'll talk a little bit about it. I, again, I don't, I don't. We don't need to do a full recap on it. But what, what were your highlights, Mike? What was some? Uh, the highlight. Uh, we'll start off with the with the obvious. Uh, my highlight, of course, was the main event. Uh, yeah, I thought it was you know, great. 
when you go and make the mistake, and I do think it's a mistake, of branding something so silly like the greatest wrestling match ever, what do yes. you do with that? You just put so much undue and unnecessary pressure on two great wrestlers that they can never, ever, ever match up to. But what so we I have a question and a comment. Okay. I have a question yeah. for you, and I have a comment as well. Uh, I'll go with my comment first, yeah. which is, I don't understand. Like Now, the WWE does a lot of things that are great, but I just don't understand why they constantly are trying to force things. Yes. Uh, and the examples I will use are the women's revolution. Now the greatest wrestling match of all time. Uh, like when you, when you monitor and start pushing that things, it, it turns your audience away from that. You know what I mean? I, I was very disappointed in the building of the greatest wrestling Same. match ever because I already know edge and Randy Orton are going to have a great wrestling mm-hmm. match. They're awesome. And they did, they knocked it out of the park. But now you're setting expectations that are so un unrealistic yeah. that you're you're setting up people for a letdown no matter what happens. Now it's interesting what they did though. Here's what they did. They made it into a gimmick. They yep. took something that is unreachable. Okay. You tell me what they there that is such a subjective term. You know, you you there's no such thing as the greatest wrestling match ever. You know, you, 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 there's no greatest band ever. There's no greatest song ever. You know, there's, there's no, that's not true. Tragically <laughs> hit by the greatest band ever. <laughs> You're going to say that, but I'll fight anybody who says anything. You know, it, <laughs> I will, I will lose the fight, it, but I will. Still it is go. such a subjective term. You could get 10 people in a, in a room together, ask them what the greatest wrestling match ever is. You're going to get, you could get 10 different answers. So, true. so it's such a subjective term. And at first, I thought WWE was doing something stupid by by using this term to to build this match. But what they gave us, they took that term and they gimmicked it. They made it into a gimmick. So so then they gave us this match where they used the logo from the greatest wrestling venue of all time, Madison Square Garden. Then they gave us the greatest voice in announcing history. Howard Finkel. They dressed Charles Robinson in vintage referee gear. Did you notice that? I loved it. I love the I love the Howard Finkel introduction. He dressed up in the old button made it feel special with the bow tie. Yeah, a very very retro of the early eighties uh, in the WWF referee. The one thing I I didn't like though I didn't okay I liked it but it didn't make sense to me was the MSG logo. It was so cool to it see, cool. but you're in Florida. Yes. You're, you're not, you know what I it mean? Was, that was a little... To me, it was a throw out to saying, if this is the greatest, we're going to show the greatest. Saying that, you know, it didn't make sense to show the MSG logo because they weren't an MSG is the same as saying it didn't make sense to to play Howard Finkel's voice when Howard Finkel wasn't there. They were, they were paying tribute to MSG the same way they were paying tribute to Howard Finkel. Fair. Okay. I I didn't I didn't take the spin that way, but I I see it now. I I don't have as big of a problem, I guess. And then the match would go on to continue, and this is what the gimmick of the match was. They the match was not supposed to be the greatest match of all time. It was to pay tribute. Here we go. This is, and I just thought of this. This is not something I thought of. uh, You know, was thinking about all this time. This just came to my head. 
One of my favorite songs is a, a song by a band named Tenacious D. They do a song called The Greatest Song in the World. Very and song. part of the song, they say, this is not the greatest song in the world. This is just a tribute. Couldn't remember the greatest song in the world, so this is our tribute. This is what we got okay. at Backlash. We didn't get the greatest match in the world. We got a tribute. And through the whole match, what did we see? We saw shades of Eddie Guerrero. We saw shades of Chris Benoit. We saw shades of Triple H. We saw shades of, uh, of Stone Cold Steve Austin. We saw shades of The Rock. We saw all our favorites, the, the guys that we grew up with, all put in together in one match told by two of the greatest story times of our generation or storytellers of our generation on the one thing i i like and i'm glad you said storyteller because i thought even before all that happened i thought that they were telling a great story i like at the beginning of that match that randy orton was out wrestling edge that makes sense edge hasn't had a singles match in a long time especially a wrestling match you know he had the brawl at wrestlemania but it made sense that randy was one step ahead of him um I'm going to be a little nitpicky. The one thing I did not like about the match, uh, and, and this is me being nitpicky, and this is just my my pet peeve with most wrestling matches in the world these days, I did not like the kicking out of all the finishes, the RKOs. I, I just I don't like it. Your finisher should be something special. We've talked about this before. That's the only problem that I had with this match. If we were talking about any other match in the world, I'd be a hundred percent on your side on this. Oh, but the greatest wrestling match of all time has to have the kickouts. Right? No, not necessarily. I don't agree with the kickouts from the RKO or the execution. Okay. Yeah. When Both, he hit, he hit the RKO out of a springboard yeah. and Edge kicked out of it, which I didn't particular like. Particular kickouts, I do not agree with. However, the kickouts from all the other finishers, like the pedigree, the oh, yeah. and all that, I do agree with because it proves that. that. Yeah. You know, you can kick out of it unless The Rock does it. Only The Rock can keep you down with a rock bottom. You know what I mean? That's that, it. That and that's why I had a problem. However, when you when a guy kicks out of three RKOs, that's and, why I had a problem. And, and we've discussed this on the show before. You know who I fully blame for this is Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. This it's really. I know what happened before, but it really started to pick up steam and get popular at WrestleMania 25. Well, and again, that's that's just me being nitpicky. I don't want to take away from this match. This match was awesome. Uh, I I give it two thumbs up. Uh, go out of your way to see it. I, I thought it was a great match. That was just me being nitpicky. I don't want to take away. I don't want it to sound like we're shitting on this match because we're not. Not even in the least. It's one of my favorite matches I have seen in a very long time. I can say it's my favorite yeah. WWE match I've seen in probably at least a year. How great is Edge, by the way? Just tip your cap to Edge, man. He's been to come back after almost a decade, and then have that subpar match at WrestleMania, and then to walk in and have a match just like that. Um, The only unfortunate thing is we will not get our rubber match as soon as we wanted it. Yeah, unfortunate news. Edge tore his bicep, I believe. Uh, I think it was his tricep. Tricep, bicep. Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, we'll have to ask Gorilla Monsoon for the actual <laughs> diagnosis. Yeah, but uh, either way, uh, he tore something um, critical. Uh, he's going to be out a minimum of four months. Um, could be eight months. So 
the follow-up, I said I had a, a statement yes. and I had a question. Yes. My question to you yes. is what is, in your opinion, now this is just your opinion, nobody else's, what is your greatest wrestling match of all time? I, what is your favorite match? I, 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 That's a loaded question. It is a loaded question because I change my mind so often. So often. I have been asked that question many times in my life and many times I've probably said Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13. Great match. However, I've probably also said Owen Hart versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania 10. Great match. I probably have also said John Cena versus Shawn Michaels during Raw. Great match. You know what I mean? Um, I've also gone back and probably said, you know, uh, I have also said Ricky Steamboat versus Ric Flair. I have also said Randy Savage versus uh, versus Ricky Steamboat. My, I, I, I can't. It, okay. You know what I mean? I, I've never been able to pinpoint the greatest match because what is the criteria for the greatest match of all time? So how about this? Challenge for our listeners. I want to hear in no particular order or in an order, whatever you'd like, your guys' top seven greatest matches of all time. Jesus. I want to hear it from our listeners. I'll tell you mine. I've got a couple off the top of my head. Um, I've always been a fan of Brent Austin as well. Off audio one day. We did this one night in a drunken manner, I believe. I least I were both facing just texting each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I, seven, I think we did like a top 20. Uh, I'm going to say for me, uh, Omega versus Okada, two out of three falls in New Japan Pro Wrestling is is up there for me. as I think it's one of the greatest pro wrestling matches of all time. Okay. That's my take. We want to hear from you guys. Before we go and throw it to the interview with Mad Dog, I got to give – I got to – throw some props out to somebody that you don't give props to a lot and i i didn't after watching backlash and watching monday night raw i want to tip my cap to peyton royce oh my goodness is she not improving with every show she does man peyton royce she was smooth in the ring not that she's terrible i'm not trying to say that she's but she took it up a notch yeah. at the pay-per-view. She was smooth as silk in the ring. Um, I thought she had a great showing at Backlash. I thought she was incredible on the microphone on Monday Night Raw. I am digging the Iconics right Same. now. They are they are elevating their game even higher than what it was. When before. they debuted, my first thought was, okay, they're funny and they're and they're and they're they're entertaining, but I don't think they're gonna go far. Fuck was I wrong, and I'm so happy I was. Uh, they are every, they are killing every it every right time now. they had they're put into a big match scenario. They they just up their game and they prove every every one of their doubters, including myself, wrong. Um, I loved that match. Uh, everything about that match uh, was fantastic for me personally. Um, I talked to a couple friends who think thinks it fell short. I don't agree with that at all. Um, I'll tell you two, my, the two things I took away from that match. Number one, I agree with you all, a thousand percent. Not only were the Iconics awesome, Peyton Royce is becoming a fucking star. That's nothing. I'm not yeah. taking anything away from Billy. Billy's awesome. I, Are you kidding me? Yeah, she Billy. is. She she is the entertainment of that group. She is she is the the comic relief of that group. But Peyton is the talent of that group. Uh, we're, we're, they are a great combination really together. The other thing I took away from this, when Bailey turned heel, I had a problem with it. 
I didn't yeah. see her as a heel. I didn't see her. I said, this is going to fail. This is going to blow up in their faces. Nobody wants to hate Bailey. She's not going to be a good heel. Holy fuck, do I hate that bitch. <laughs> She's doing is great. she ever? And, you know, it got to the point where, you know, I've been watching a bit and, and I'm watching the pay-per-view and especially during her promos. And I'm just like, shut the fuck up, Bailey. And I'm like, also, I stopped. I'm like, oh, my God, it's working. Yeah, I'm, it's not, that's I'm, not Xbox like, heat, you know what I mean? That's like, she's I'm just like, it. holy shit, she made me hate her. And it's and it was so organic and so well done that I, like, I didn't even realize it had been done until I'm like, oh man, this bitch needs to shut her fucking mouth. And I'm like, oh my god, she's brilliant! Everything, right, right down to the haircut, because I, I want to punch her haircut. I don't know if you can punch yeah. a haircut, but if you can, I want to punch her haircut. And, and right down from that, and the way that she she conducts her promos, the, the, the look on her face, she is 1,000% a different character than she was as a face. And, I, I, and, and the character that she was as a face, to turn it around like yeah. that... That that, that takes him. that takes so much skill. It takes so much talent. And when when she was breaking out in NXT, I said back then that she was going to be a star. Yeah. But I always thought I always saw her as that star who, if you try to turn her, she's going to fail. If you if you try to do if you're trying to change her, she's going to fail. Don't change her. They changed her, and she's fucking making it work. I love Bailey, no matter what she does at this point. Um, I hate her so much that I love her right now. Absolutely. Uh, so we here at Counted Out want to tip our caps, especially right now to Peyton Royce and Bailey. Keep up the good job, ladies. Uh, looking forward to see what they got no. going on in the future. I'm sure they're. Li- I'm sure they're listening right now. They'll probably call us later. And, and of course, yes. I don't want to be, I um, sleep on uh, Alexa and um, uh, Nikki either. Uh, no, of course not. Of they, course not. They are too. I just want they're, they're always great and whatever. Thing is, we already knew they were great. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've always loved Alexa, and I think, and even before uh, her NXT days, I always thought Nikki Cross was one of the greatest up and coming female wrestlers in the world. So I, I, I they just don't surprise me when they're good. Uh, yeah. It's just Bailey and Peyton blew the lid off this thing for me. Absolutely. So that's our take on on backlash. Um, what do you think? Do you want to throw it over? Let's let's get to, let's let the people get to the Mad Dog. What do you think? Yes, get to the Mad Dog, and then do us a favor, guys. When when you're done this show, um, uh, tell people about it. And you know, I know we're always asking you to push the show and everything, but I mean it more than usual. Not only to help us get our show out there, let's help get Mad Dog out there. Absolutely, this yeah. guy's name. I'm going to be perfectly 100% honest with you guys when, uh, first of all, I got to give 100% credit to Tyler for this. Tyler set this whole thing up. Tyler uh, ended up talking to a promoter out out in the UK. That promoter hooked us up with Mad Dog uh, for an interview. When Tyler told me about this, I was very nonchalant about it. I said, okay, some, some green guy that nobody knows. Sure, we'll talk to him. I don't fucking care. It turned out to be one of the greatest conversations not just interviews conversations i've had ever so take that for what it's worth and let's push this i want this guy to blow the fuck up oh absolutely and and like you know because we're not familiar with that scene 
Um, so when you say some green guy, we didn't know. Like I actually watch him at Mad Dogs matches. A guy can go too, man. And we're gonna post more. When you say matches. green, it's because he's only been in the business for two years. So that that's what I don't I don't mean green is an intel saying he's not good. But when you're when you've been in the business for two years, you still have a lot to learn. Absolutely, and and he talks all about that. We're gonna get ready to throw it to our interview with Mad Dog. We're gonna tag it. So guys, don't just reach out. Don't just spread it for us. But if you like what you hear. Reach out to Mad Dog, Absolutely. send him a comment, let him know you heard him on the show. Um, Mad Dog, I've, I've spoken to him actually in the last couple of days. He's excited to launch a show. He's agreed to actually do a watch along on YouTube with us I'm as well. So yeah. uh, we're, we're definitely making Mad Dog part of the Count Out community for now, sure. I, I truthfully don't remember if you did it uh, uh, in the when we originally recorded the show. So why don't you throw out our information for the um, for, for our social medias? Um we threw out Mad Dogs plenty in, in the interview, so keep your ears open. You're going to get uh, Mad Dogs uh, social media accounts all in this episode. But then, um, Tyler, why don't you uh, shout out ours, and then we'll throw to Mad Dog. Yeah, the main ones right now is, you know, like hit us up on Facebook at Counted Out 7. That is the spelling of the word 7. Uh, don't get me started. You know how I feel already about this. Everything else is going to be counted out with the number seven. That's on Instagram. That's on Twitter. And guys, especially uh, get behind our YouTube page, man. We're doing some real fun stuff over there. We've had Jay on for some watch-alongs. Uh, Mike and I are, are getting ready to sit down and do a couple watch-alongs. If you guys want in on a watch-along, shoot a message. We'll set something up. Uh, Mike and I, if it's both of us, if it's one of us, we want to watch a wrestling match and talk about Can it. Can we give uh, a really uh, quick shout-out, too, to all our Instagram followers? Yeah, we exploded. we exploded fast. 600 followers. So thank you to anyone that's new joining Thank on. you guys so much. 600. That is just insane. So all you guys, if you're on our Instagram and you're not on our Facebook, jump on over, guys. Because our, our, we haven't even hit 100 on our Facebook yet. We need, we need those likes. Yeah, get over on the Facebook. It makes us feel special. Yeah. Without further ado, Mike, yeah, I think you and this. I need to shut the yeah. fuck up. And I want to throw it to uh, an amazing interview and conversation with the one and only Mad Dog Connor. Um, I hope you guys enjoy and and thank you. Let's do it. All right. So we are joined by a very special guest, as we mentioned in last week's episode. Uh, he is originally from the United Kingdom. He is now residing in China. Uh, Mike and I would love to welcome Mad Dog Connor, the current AIWF European champion. Mad Dog, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, so you are currently the AIWF European champion, and I want to get into that title run in a little bit with you. Uh, but before we get into what you're doing now, let's maybe go back a little bit. And, and can you tell us what some of your earliest memories are of, of wrestling? Man, I could take you back to 20 years ago, maybe, some of my earliest memories when I first started watching wrestling, WCW Nitro, right nice. up until just over two years ago when I first started wrestling myself. Was, was that your introduction to wrestling? Was it WCW before WWE? Yeah. Really? Was that Was that like that for most guys in the UK? Um, you know what? We had the uh, the luxury of having both. You know, oh, okay. in in the US, well, as I say in the in the states, uh, um, your, well, let's say your side. Um, 
every Friday night, you had WCW Nitro and you had WWE Raw or WWF Raw. Um, so <laughs> I'll never forget. I would record uh, one on VHS, how uh, glorious that was at that time. And then I would go <laughs> to my friends. <laughs> yeah, I would go to my friends and watch WCW Nitro. No kidding. That's the same thing. I was a VHS guy, too. I used to be a massive Hardy Boy fan back in the day. So anytime they were on Raw, I was recording all their stuff. Oh, I loved it all, uh, man. Just as I say, having it all recorded. I know. Half the people listening are probably going, what the hell is a VHS? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I had to get it on there, yeah. <laughs> so with WCW, who are some of the guys that caught your eye early on? Who who made you be like, okay, like this is cool, like this guy's awesome? Oh, man, do you know what? What I loved about WCW Nitro was the cruiserweights. Absolutely, yeah, the, the, oh, do you know what I mean? You had Ultimo Dragon, Rey Mysterio, Billy Kidman, Eddie Guerrero, Psychosis, Juventud Guerrera, Dean Malenko. Oh my God! You know the names. Nice. You can you can just keep going. Like those names for now were the ones that stood out to me because it was usually cruiserweight matches and then just big guys i'm glad you mentioned billy kidman there too because i feel like his name always gets lost in the shuffle when they talk about the the legendary cruiserweight division oh come on the shooting star press you couldn't forget that absolutely absolutely what do you call it back then the seven-year itch the seven-year itch yeah that's what it started with so So you're watching, you're watching wrestling back in the day, and and you know you get a little bit older. So what made you decide to take the jump and and start training? Oh man, so where I lived, uh, in originally born in Ireland, um, where I lived there was there wasn't much of um, wrestling training. Um, so I eventually moved then to England, and oh, yeah, it was quite tough trying to adapt there. But eventually, when I got my feet under the table and felt a bit more comfortable in uh, my teaching position, um, I heard that uh, there was some wrestling training going on. And I thought, you know what? Now's the best time to go. Now, did you find yourself a with a sense of uh, like hometown pride at all, seeing guys like Fit Finley or or Sheamus succeed in the business, or or was it just were they just other guys to you? Oh, absolutely. You know, let me tell you something. When the uh, the Euros happened, obviously, well, soccer, well, football, um, the Euros twenty sixteen, there was a massive competition, and obviously, it's football teams, but. That competition was probably remembered for the Irish fans. The Irish fans got fans, fans of that competition. You know, I think that you got the likes of, like like you're saying, Foot Funley, Seamus, the guys just coming through. Us Irish, it doesn't matter. We will always support our own. Now, don't get me wrong. Yeah. You've got Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor, who's done his thing. We supported him through and through. He's kind of gone down, of course, with some of his things that he's done, but... Yeah. You know, us Irish will we'll always support each other. It's the pride, right? You, when we're we're located in uh, Toronto, Canada, and it's the same thing with us. Bret Hart's our guy, you know, Chris Jericho. Well, the, you, we have the Canadian pride as well, and you yeah. got to support Edge. your boys. Yes. Edge, yeah. exactly. He's actually Edge lives about uh, twenty minutes down the road from our town. That's like oh, his, exactly. his hometown. Yeah. Yeah. So him yeah. and Christian, yeah. especially, got a soft spot for for this area that we're living in. Oh man. Um, 
So what was your Don't trade? forget Kazarni. Oh, Kazarni. <laughs> if you had a if you had a cup of coffee, you might have missed them. Um, so so you make the plunge, you start training. How grueling was the training? Uh, are they running you through the ringers? Who were some of your trainers? Um, so the first session was always like you know meet and greets, no blah blah blah. But um, for me at the time, uh, the guy there at EBW Elite British Wrestling was Chris Lacken. Chris was a former catch wrestler, so he was your typical like you know in and out wrestling Kurt Angle kind of type. Um, he took uh, my session, and ever since that, let me tell you something. It was like a form of ecstasy. I was just hooked. I absolutely loved it. I have a background in martial arts, so obviously you do your break falls, you do everything that's safe, um, and then you throw in a few moves, show us what you got, and I absolutely loved it. That's cool, man. That's cool. So how long did you train for before you got to get in the ring for the first time in front of an audience? I was quite lucky. Um, I'm quite... I wouldn't really say like a fast learner because, well, I don't have any A star grades or anything like that. But if it's a sport and it's competitive, then, you know, as yourself, you know, like any, any, anybody who's competitive, they want to be the best. So it, it took around, I think it was two to three months. Um, I was quite lucky because at the time in my, in my job, I was able to never miss a session. Um, I always loved training and exercising. So for me, oh, yeah, two months. And it was just like your typical, let's say, battle royal, right? Everybody get in the ring. You no, know, you get your couple of yeah. seconds in there. You get a feel for the crowd. You get a feel for your entrance. You just get a feel for who you might be in that atmosphere in the ring. And then so so from there, so you're in the battle royal, you're getting your first feel. What are some of your memories from your first actual singles match? Are you nervous? Are you excited? Uh, do you have any memories of how who who did you work? Um, how did the match go? Were you happy with everything? Absolutely. My first singles match was for the EBW heavyweight title. That was four months. Yeah, so I had a I had a world title shot four months in, into my training. The reason for Not that was deal, be- eh? yeah, man, I, I was <laughs> really lucky. And uh, so with it being a title shot, yeah, I was pretty nervous, um, but. I'm not too sure if I was 90% excited, 10% scared, or 90% scared, 10% excited. But one thing I knew I wanted to not do was mess anything up. Uh, now, obviously, I, I, I'm very curious to get into your uh, into your time in China. But before we, we get there, when you're still in the UK, um, my, my question is, with the rise of the popularity uh, of uh, wrestling in the UK in the last five, six, seven years with ICW over in, in Scotland, mm. did you see uh, a difference, like like maybe a uh, a shift in in wrestling fans in the UK in the last decade? And does ICW have anything to do with that? Um, yeah, absolutely. You've got like um, Southside Wrestling as well. Um, there was a massive shift, like as, as I say, in ten years. Like when I left, when I left Ireland, and I came over to England, it was like, wow, all these new people who are interested in uh, in wrestling. I was like, oh, it, it just opened my eyes. Like you're saying, there was Scotland, England, Wales. You know, 
you got some of the best guys. Like five star wrestling when that was around. Um, it massively shifted, massively shifted because okay, the UK is not as big as most places, but let me tell you something. When we've got a love for something, oh my god, yeah, we're so passionate about it. Well, oh, I can, I can tell that right away. Uh, I'm a, I am a big fan of ICW, and just one of the things that makes me a fan of ICW uh, is is the fans. The crowd is so different than what you see uh, on the Americanized yeah. uh, wrestling. They're so much more into it. Yeah. I love watching ICW or, or even uh, NXT UK for that reason. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's because, well, we're mostly, our, our sport here, uh, sorry, our sport back home would have been football. Now, in football, like most sports, we enjoy winding the other person up. You know, like, well, well it's, it's almost like a culture. If I'm, not, if I'm not saying bad things about you to your face, then we're not friends. But if I'm saying nice things, <laughs> yeah. But if I'm saying nice things, you know, I'll take uh, my trust isn't quite there yet. <laughs> well, there's a reason too why everyone says that the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania is the best crowd of the year. It's made up of mostly the the European fans, right? Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> yeah. And you touch on uh, ICW a little bit there, and and Mike and I were talking before we we got on the air with you, and uh, we we were both massive fans of Grado, his entrance. Uh, there's some big stars that came through there, but between Drew McIntyre, um, Alistair Black is another mm-hmm. one. Um, Prince Devitt. Prince yeah. Devitt, absolutely. Um, so with the rise of ICW, now we have NXT UK. Uh, mm. I have to imagine that having a WWE brand in the United Kingdom is changing everything. Oh man, do you know what? It came it came back in 2018. I'll never forget it. When I started in 2018, and then about two months after, I found out that I would be moving to China for uh, for for a career, and then yeah, I, I was just so I felt like as if I lost a really close relative because I was like, why is everything getting bigger now in the UK, and I have to go? Oh, that's frustrating. Oh man! Oh, don't get me wrong. It's it's not because well, you know, I, I wouldn't really call myself like a professional wrestler compared to those guys, of course. But just they kind of have that goal. They have that little that little shred of hope. They think, you know, oh, I might get recognised here if I put a good shift on and work hard. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and then, so one of your home promotions uh, in the UK was uh, the AIWF, correct? Yeah. Uh, and you're the reigning European champion. Oh, um, yeah. So I was trying to uh, do a little bit of research on the AIWF here. And to me, it kind of seems like it's a little bit of a, an NWA territory throwback type of promotion. Yeah. Uh, they, they have their hands in a lot of different areas in the world. Can you kind of explain to the listeners uh, what AIWF is all about? So AIWF started out as the American Independent Wrestling Federations. So like you're saying about NWA, it's... It branched out around America to obviously help the guys out there, promote, promote, promote. And then Matt Creed, who, uh, in fact, Matt cheers for hooking us up with this uh, yeah, podcast. Yeah, Matt Reed. Yeah, he was great. He was great to deal with. Uh, thanks, Matt, for, for bringing Mad Dog to us. Yeah, absolutely. And what eventually happened then was, like anyone who is hungry for success, he wanted to make things bigger. So, yeah, he branched out globally. And it was my first show 
that there was an AIWF European bout. And I was like, what, what's, what's this AIWF? And they were like, oh, so that's when I found out about it then. And I thought, right, okay. And just even looking at the belt, it's completely different. And with the flags and all that, I thought, hmm, that's not a bad looking it belt. Is, it, it is a nice looking belt. And I will have a picture of that posted on our Facebook page. Uh, right. AWF is uh, it's associated with Marty Jones now, is that correct? Yeah, Marty Jones is now the European ambassador. Um, that was just announced, I think it was last month. So everything's going in the right direction. So, Mike, uh, for you, do you know a lot about Marty Jones? No, so you had asked me that right before we came on uh, on the air here. And, and I had to laugh because I don't know who Marty Jones is. You'll have to explain to me. But uh, a lot of... Um, you know, uh, anybody who knows me knows that I'm a huge fan of the band Counting Crows. They're my favorite band. Yeah. like And Mar- Marty Jones is a bass player from a band called the Himalayans. And uh, the song Mr. Jones is about a guy named Marty Jones. Oh. So that's the Marty Jones I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you right now that the, the Marty Jones that uh, we're talking about would stretch the shit out of all of the other guys that you're talking about mm-hmm. there, Mike. Yeah. Marty Jones, uh, I just want to give a quick little history on him because uh, I want to talk about Marty a little bit with you, Mad Dog. Uh, he was trained by the legendary Billy Robinson. Mm. Um, yeah. So right away, there's credibility there. Billy Robinson is a notorious tough guy in the industry. Uh, Marty had some classic feuds. His biggest one was probably with uh, Roller Roller Ball, easy for me to say, Mark Rocco. Uh, He also had a a nice run with Finley as well. Mm, But Marty's been in the ring with some big guys. He wrestled for New Japan Pro Wrestling. And he was in the ring with guys like Hogan, Anoki, Tiger Mm. Mask, Fujinami. And he teamed up with Andre the Giant a bunch of times. So Matt, my my question to you is, do you have a lot of interaction with Marty? Is he telling you some cool older stories? Is he giving you advice? Is he trying to, to help you get to that next level? You know what? Um, I was at one of his shows in March, and I was supposed to get a, a formal introduction with him, um, thanks to Craig, uh, thanks to Matt Ledger on that. Unfortunately, um, I had to rush off. Um, I suffered a neck injury that day, and man, I, oh, I didn't really feel up to it. And I knew that Marty would be very busy and I might have to wait uh, a while. And you know what? Um, I should have held out. I should have held out. But on that, I have spoke to him a few times. And you know what? He's just, he's your genuine old school guy who's just, just, just nice. You know, you can ask him anything and he'll be upfront and he'll be honest. Um, I have asked him for advice. Um, just for, for example, on how to carry a belt. And the biggest thing is responsibility and respect the belt. And just it's, it's just, it's the little things that you just know, just clicks. And yeah, there's just so much more I, I want to learn from him and speak to him in, uh, in person. Like I've seen some of his videos where he's training some guys and, you know, he's doing his thing and he's twisting these guys inside out just by like flicking his wrist. Yeah, he's, it's, it's crazy, the, the stuff that he probably learned from Billy Robinson. And for all of our listeners, I'm going to post some uh, Marty Jones matches on our Facebook page for you guys to check out as well. Yeah. Uh, smooth, as, smooth as silk in the ring, Marty Jones is. Oh, that's right. That is a save. Just, oh, yeah, I'd love to get through one of his sessions. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so now you're in China. So uh, you said you, you're over there for a career now. 
Um, you're still working in China. What kind of promotions are you affiliated with now? Um, uh, yeah, you're still working in China, obviously, right? Yeah, yeah. So my role at the moment here in China, what pays my bills, um, is basically just teaching English. Um, I came over, I was teaching English, and I was coaching football. Um, with my last company, new company, I'm just teaching English. And the f- great thing about that is that it's very flexible. It's from 8.30 till 11.30, and then I come back in at 3 to 4.30. So it's a nice long lunch. Well, that, works out. that works out good for you. Oh, man, um, so good. So good. That's what gives me my freedom to do my social media, to do my training, and to build anything towards my wrestling. So speaking of wrestling no. in China then, so what's the biggest difference about being in front of a, a crowd you know, uh, back home compared to now in, in this new territory in China, a whole new market for you? Sorry, Taylor, I didn't ask, answer your last question properly. I've worked for uh, KOPW, the Kino Professional Wrestling. Um, right now we're doing some, let's say, house shows that, um, let's say, shouldn't be happening, but you know, obviously when they're said and done, we can talk about them. And then I'm waiting for uh, MKW, Middle Kingdom Wrestling, to start back up. They're keeping themselves going with uh, social media interaction and feeding the fans. And then I'm speaking to a guy about, well, when this pandemic ends, about going to OWE, Oriental Wrestling Entertainment. So, although I've not appeared for them yet, just to have discussions and just branch out is a hell of a lot more interesting. Uh, Mike, is OWE, were they in Toronto this summer for SummerSlam? Is that the same promotion? That, that is a different OWE. Oh, okay, okay. Mm. The name sounded familiar there. You probably sound um, familiar because they've got a deal with AEW. Uh, oh, that's where yeah. that's where it is. Yes, yes. Right. Um, so what's what's the biggest difference in my dog? Whether you're you're fighting in the UK now, you're over in China. How how are you finding the the competitors over there compared to the UK? How's the crowds over there? Are, are they treating you well? So oh, big shout out the fans. Fans are great. I've got um, I've got like a little uh, WeChat is what we use over here, which is the same as WhatsApp. Um, we have I've got like a a group of like fans that I speak to every day. I just ask them. Um, how they're doing, what they're doing with their day, good morning, I'm doing this session. Um, they're really dedicated and they're really they're really approachable, no problem, and they're really supportive. Um, but that's one of the great things that we can do here in China. The difference between the Chinese, um, well, let's say that the, the fans in China, they love the foreigners simply because it's something different. Now, MKW is pushing a lot for their homegrown talent, so for their Chinese wrestlers, um, which is, of course, you know, uh, that's what you want to do, push your homegrown, and uh, the same as KOPW. But the Chinese fans like to make a big deal about the foreigners simply because, well, I think we've just got more of an art. We've got more of an, of a, how can I say this? Um more of a creative creative display when it comes to it. Now, obviously, uh, when I say it like that, it's just there's, there's more access for us foreigners to get to, to see and see more wrestling. 
some fans I've spoke to when they talk about the way things were with the Attitude Era, I'm like, oh my god, this is this is my type of fan. And like most wrestling fans, you can't BS a wrestling fan. Now, over in the West, we we obviously know a lot about Japanese wrestling, and we know quite a bit about you know European wrestling, but we know very little to nothing about about the Chinese wrestling scene. Do you know why that is? What, what why is the why is Chinese wrestling not really out there for us? Um, well, it's probably part of the reason how we got connected together. There's a certain um, program that has to be used, so I'm just going to call it. Like I said, the uh, very posh nutshell. We have to use that to uh, get access to the <laughs> to civilization. Let's say because you might think that you know some people live in a bubble, but sometimes here it can be a proper monitored bubble. I see. Yeah. So, uh, without going into yeah. too much detail, um, let's just say, yeah, some things you've got to watch what you're saying. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, just like anything, but anyway, that's that. So, Mad Dog. All right. Any more questions, Tom? I got, I got two more for you here, Mad Dog. Um, so, Mad Dog, you're you're two years in. Uh, is there anybody that you kind of are patterning your style after? Uh, right now is there any influences that you have that you know you kind of i like what he's doing and tweak it make it your own a little bit Uh, any influences for you right now let's see where can we go so right now um i'm using uh, the swanton bomb from jeff hardy um yeah like i've seen a few swanton bomb when i started using it next thing you know i see kevin kevin owens use it I'm seeing oh, other other people use it. I was like, oh, I was hoping to reinvent that. It would be like, wow, where'd that come from? But anyway, mm. <laughs> it is what it is. But what I love about the way Jeff does it is his technique. And it's it's just like, well, it's like one of his other moves, poetry in motion. And just how, it, Absolutely. you know, it, it's uh, just, the, just the, the form of his technique and where you fall on someone. Well, that's the art in it, right? For sure, for sure. So as the current uh, AIWF European champion, uh, let's just have a little bit of fun, maybe a little bit of um, a fantasy booking. Is there anybody in any company in the world right now that you would love to get in the ring with, uh, you know, uh, AEW, WWE, NXT, um, anybody that you, you see that you'd be like, man, we could do something real special in the ring? Um, right now, not, not even right now, but over the years, man, I just think that, Finn Balor, Prince David, he, uh, is, oh my God, it's just the since I was kind of yeah, man, it, it's, he's it's, awesome. He's awesome. Oh, uh, it's it's just like everything he does. You know, I've 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 watched them. I've watched his programs just over the years. Um, just the atmosphere, everything that he brings to it. Now, fair enough. When he made the transition to Raw, and he did what he did, fair play to him, bar the injury. And then for him to kind of come back to NXT, some people seen it as like a step back. But come on, let's remember the last Survivor Series. NXT kicked ass. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? So, but yeah, oh my God, Finn Balor, just everything he does, just it's it's just a great storytelling. 
I uh, I can't agree with you more, man. I uh, I named my son Finn. It's a good thing my wife doesn't watch wrestling because <laughs> she'd kill me. If she right. uh, so so, Mad Dog, thanks for chatting with us, man. Um, our our show is called Counted Out, so we do a weekly countdown every yep. week. You feel like sticking around, and uh, we're gonna count down the top seven Triple H moments. You sound like you're a fan of the fan of the game. There, you want to stick around and have a chat with us about Triple oh, H? Oh man, the Cerebral Assassin, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yep. Perfect. Well, before we get into Triple H, give us some uh, give us some of your social media plugs. Let the people know where where they can get a hold of Mad Dog, where they can see you on uh, see some of your matches, Instagram, Twitter, any of that stuff, Facebook. Uh, let them know an email if anyone wants to book Mad Dog and get them over here. If you ever get your way to Toronto, man, we got pints waiting for you. Oh, yeah. Do you know what? But before I do that, I hear there's a massive like Irish Canadian connection. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, we have lots of great Irish pubs down here. I'm, I'm actually part of it. I'm I'm only second uh, second generation Canadian here. Everybody from my grandfather up is from Dublin. So uh, so yeah, there's a absolutely. there's a lot of us like, over see here. Any Canadians I've met? Oh my god! Like we get on really well. Like a house on fire. It's just yeah, the crack and the banter is just amazing. Oh, and we have we have the Canadians <laughs> and the Irish have something great in common, as we all know how to put back a pint. Oh. <laughs> that's <laughs> it so uh yeah oh well you know what fellas you, you we've definitely got to have that sorted you said it now so we'll definitely have to get a book done absolutely anytime you get down here we'll take care of you Mad Dog. Uh, let the people know where they can reach out to you uh we're going to talk about triple h with you as well so don't go anywhere um but yeah let, let's get some shout outs we want to give mad dogs yeah love. so uh my facebook is mad dog o Doherty which is D-O-C-H-E-R-T-Y. And my Instagram is conmen876. That's C-O-N-M-E-N-876, all lowercase. Yeah, that's it for now. Um, you know what? Since I've won this AIWF European Championship, my social media, everything has blown up. So I've just got to keep pushing. I've got to get YouTube. got to get use my Twitter more. So, yeah, massive thank you for that, guys. And we're definitely going to help you out. I saw you cut a great promo. Uh, some people are coming after your belt. You posted on your Facebook the other day. I'm going to post that on our Facebook group. Oh, and I tell you, man, the way I see you swinging that hammer, I'm not coming after your belt. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it's right, hey? it's right. Oh, I just make it look good. That's so. all. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that matters. That's Absolutely. all that matters, yeah. right? Um, and for our listeners, uh, as you're listening to this, uh, by the time this airs, I will have posted some of your matches on our Facebook as well. We want to try to get people familiar with you in our our, our area, Mad Dog. Um, you know, you're a great guy to chat with, and I'm real excited to talk about Triple H. That's right, Tyler. That's right, Mike. Thanks very much, guys. So, Mike, are you ready to play the game? Oh, <laughs> I, I've been ready for a week, man. Uh, this, it's taken me a week to put this list together. This uh, this is ha- definitely one of the hardest lists. I got this list down from uh, 42 Ooh. items down to seven. So Mad Dog, the way so, the way that we do this, Mad Dog, is uh, we do a top seven countdown every week. Um, Mike and I rotate the list every yeah. week. So last week, Mike challenged me to do the top seven NWA World Champions of all mm. time. Yeah, see, yeah. This week, it was my turn to challenge Mike. 
he gave me a title with almost 100 years of history to it. That was pretty friggin' hard. So I decided to give him something that's just as hard, and he's got to try to narrow down Triple H's top seven career yeah. moments. So Mike's gonna run. Mike's gonna run the countdown, and you and I are gonna talk about whatever. Remember about Mike says, and if we don't agree with it, don't be afraid to let him know that he made a dumb choice, man. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, he's the best. The best thing in this game. Yeah, that's it, right? So before you you give us your number seven, uh, Mad Dog, you you're a Triple H fan. You you, you like the game. You said the Cerebral Assassin. Do you have a favorite Triple H match off the top of your head? Um, you know, it's got to be, um, oh, try and narrow it down myself. Um, Triple H has just been, he's just been so amazing. You know, he's got the Cerebral Assassin nickname from good old JR, from just the way he breaks down people, like even his promotions. Oh, off the top of my head, it's yeah. got to be, it's got to be some Triple H in the rock, like some of the best matches. Yeah, the legendary too. And I'm, that's, well, not, that's the one well, I'm yeah. Let's let's see what Mike's got here, Mike. Why don't you lay your why don't you lay your number seven down on us? Let's see what you got, Mike. All right, starting off Triple H's greatest career moments. I'm starting at number seven with him beating Mark Marrow with the help of uh, of Mr. Perfect to become yep. the Intercontinental that's Champion. Right. Uh, that's a great one, Mike. That's a that's a deep cut rate right, to start. Yeah. Uh, very forgotten. If I'm not mistaken, was this not his first single yep. title in the company? Yep. It was his first single title, right? And I think that's why I actually count this more important than beating Mankind yep. for the for the WWE title. Um because this is where it kind of started for Triple H. This is where people started noticing Triple H. Um, as a lot of people remember, this is still when the the IC title was known as the workhorse title. They just hand this title to anybody, um, except for you know Mark Merrill. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, this is where Triple H proved himself because he, you know, people have gone and said that he really had to prove yeah. himself as a ring general to get Mark Merrill and. Uh, and having a, a legend like Kurt Henning involved in the match uh, really put the match over and really, really did good things for the angle and the program. And uh, I, to this day, I, I still really enjoy that match. Yeah, it was a fun angle. Uh, Mr. Perfect was supposed to be the original opponent. He faked the injury, mm. right? Uh, did you happen to see any of this in the uh, back home, Mad Dog? Were you able to access Rob? Yeah, um, I wasn't able to access it, no. But obviously from research for the topic that we discussed, that was one of the things that came up. Um, I completely agree with Mike with what he's saying in regards to how it catapulted things for him. You know, you look back at the way it was for him. He was still very Triple H, very posh. You know, he still had his bow. Yes. And yeah, it was just kind of getting things moving for him. Yeah, and, and Mr. Perfect gave him the rub. I really wish that uh, he didn't end up jumping over to uh, WCW right around this time. They didn't really get the, the angle off and running yeah. like a... I think they had originally yeah. planned. Um, and to go back to what you said, Mad Dog, too, Triple H actually does end up dropping that title to mm. The Rock very early the next yep. year, right? So that was also The Rock's first, uh, their first little start of their legendary yeah. rivalry. Yeah. Mike, I like what you're doing, man. That's a good start at mm. number seven. What do you think? What, what do right. you got for number six? Now, I already mentioned that uh, I won't be talking about Triple H beating Mankind for the title, but I will talk about him beating Mankind in my number six for the 1997 mm. King of the Ring. Okay. Okay. King Hunter. Yeah. 
I think this is a big, a big move for Triple H, a big push for Triple H, because number one, this is still yeah. when the King of the Ring meant something, because uh, he's following guys like like Brett Owen, Austin. You know, he he's it's one of the last he's one of the last yeah. real good King of the Rings, uh, but it still meant something back then. And uh, this is his big comeback. This is how he, you know he took a year to fight back from uh, being punished. That's right. For the yeah. curtain call. And uh, he spent that whole year coming back from that, and uh, and this was his reward yeah. for the way he came back. And it's it's so crazy how the wrestling world works because originally, from the rumors that you hear, Triple H was supposed to win the King of the Ring in 1996. Mm. Yes. Who ended up winning that King of the Ring? Austin. Stone Cold yeah. Steve Austin. How would be- I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Austin 316 or not, but without Triple H being the, the scapegoat in that thing. Austin 316 might not yeah. have been born for that same promotion. exactly. And Stone Cold himself on on Stone Cold's podcast, he has mentioned that many times that he owes his career to <laughs> Triple H getting his shit. <laughs> but don't you don't you think it's funny how? Uh, well, not too sure about your list, Mike, but how things let's say turned around as time went on. Well, ex- exactly, and and that's why we're sitting here talking yeah. about Triple H at this point because you know, twenty years yeah. later, we're still talking about well, that. And and they went on to have a hell of a little feud there too. This was before some of their more famous matches yeah. down the road, but uh, they fought at the Canadian Stampede pay per view and uh, a wild brawl in Calgary, and then they had that crazy steel cage match and at SummerSlam yeah. of that year. So. This was the start of a great program. These guys really had great chemistry together, Triple H and, and Mankind, McFoley, whatever you yeah. want to call them. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because if we move on to my number five, we're going to talk about a match those two had at, at a certain Hell's Royal Rumble. Awesome, man. Let's get right into that. I love this match. Hell, yeah. Hell in a Cell, Triple H, <laughs> Cactus Jack, uh, Triple H, Triple H, Triple H, rather, retiring, question mark? <laughs> well, yeah, so this was the second match in a row that they did because they had their legendary street fight at mm-hmm. the Royal Rumble, which is one of my all-time favorite matches. Uh, and then they went into No Way Out in the Hell in a Cell. Um, the thing that I love about this little stretch with them and, and Mick Foley has gone on record saying this many times, is when, when he transformed from Mankind to Cactus Jack, the way that Triple H reacts to it, it's, like, it's almost oh, like... He, what a great... One of my favorite absolutely. promos. Absolutely, and, and, and the facial expressions, and I'm sure Mad Dog is someone uh, who's studying the, the wrestling game right now, uh, watching Triple H's reactions has got to be got to be something that you, you're taking Man, a look at, right? That's what it's all about, telling a story, and... You know, like facial expressions and just um, like creating, like any 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 facial expression can can tell a story, and that's what he's great at. So, are you are you familiar with the the match we're talking about, Mad Dog? The between the Hell in a Cell and between the Royal Rumble. Have you seen their street fight at the yeah, Royal Rumble? Um, oh, from from what I recall, the uh, street fight was a uh, bit of a bad one. I think it was where um, the good old barbed wire. Two by four came back on. That's right. Absolutely. Pedigree into thumbtacks. This match was absolutely yeah. brutal. Um, Mick, Mick Foley and it, it was a win-win for both these guys because Mick Foley wanted to go out mm-hmm. with a bang, no pun intended, bang, bang. Um, and Triple H needed to be elevated mm-hmm. to the next level. 
and and they both got what yeah. they wanted out of it. Yeah, he needed to show that he has still had some grit. That that match. At, oh, go you, ahead, Mike. Sorry. I'm just wondering. You know, obviously it didn't have a long lasting effect, but at the time, do you think Triple H may have lost a little bit of steam because Foley came back so quickly after? Um, I don't yeah, I think so. so. I think it hurt. Like, because if you look at what Triple H did after this point, Triple H from, I would say, 19, the end of 1999, uh, right, maybe the summer of 99, uh, up until he yeah. tore his quad, I think he was one of the best wrestlers yeah. in the entire world in any promotion, yeah. in any country. He was what he was having the best match with everybody. He had a, a great last man standing match with Chris Jericho yeah. after this feud. Uh, he moved into that amazing Kurt Angle storyline with Stephanie and the Love Triangle. Yeah, um, right. Triple H, Triple H really was starting to set the world yeah, on fire can... at this point. I, I think he was the best oh, worker in the company. That's the reason why he's still doing what he's doing. Like coming back to your point, Mike. Like where he lost steam, it was just a matter of Mike Foley keeping his reputation of being a hardcore legend, and it was just like you know, stay down or I'll knock you back down. Mike Foley gets back up, and then obviously they had the hell in the cell. Absolutely, and and it showed Triple H was tough because yeah. Foley beat the shit out of him, right? Yeah, I think I think it gave Triple H that edge that he needed. And and uh, as you mentioned before, Mad Dog, he was the the blue blood, the curtsy man. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? After after those matches with Foley, nobody was thinking that Triple H was anything <laughs> like that anymore. And I know he'd been in DX and all that stuff, but. There was no memories about the blue blood Triple H. It was like holy moly, like this guy yeah. is an ass kicker. Absolutely. Well, if anybody ever thought twice about Triple H being one of the most dastardly heels in the company at the time, um, they sure as hell weren't thinking this after my number four. After he drugged and <laughs> married the daughter of Vince McMahon. <laughs> this was such yeah. a great angle. It, uh, you know, you look back at it now and it's, it's cringy as yeah. fuck, but, <laughs> but it's still somehow entertaining and, and kind of cute because, you know, they got married yeah. in, in real life after this shit, you know? So, so it, it, it's, it's kind of cool in a way, but, uh, you look back and <laughs> who the fuck does that, you know, uh, up until this moment, yeah. we've never seen something like this before. You know, it's especially when he used that line, you know, not if, but how many times did we consummate the marriage? You're sitting there going, he basically <laughs> just told that dude he raped his daughter. What the fuck? What, what's even crazier about that is Vince McMahon wrote that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they, they, they must have some real weird family dinners, man. Well, you, you, I mean, you've heard some of the stories. Vince wanted to be the yeah, father of Stephanie's that, yeah, child. But well, the person oh, I man. felt most I'll sorry for in that storyline was Tess. I was going to say the same thing, Matt. Yeah, I killed absolutely. him. He, he got left at the altar. He didn't get a pay-per-view oh. match out of it. He just got beat up on Raw <laughs> a bunch of times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I guess I guess the only one who lost more in that scenario uh, uh, than Tess was. Yeah. Uh, well, well, yeah, China. I guess she lost out on on the real life yeah. relationship, right? <laughs> um, but that that whole angle was great. Uh, I remember they did the it was Stephanie's bachelorette party, and Moolah and May Young were doing their crazy stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, right? like. Uh, uh, my favorite part is when they're in the car getting married and, and the lady, this sweet lady that works at the counter is asking the questions and, and Triple H is doing the voices to be <laughs> Stephanie. Like, yes, I do love him. It's just so ridiculous. But it, it worked, man. It got over and, and it led to Stephanie's heel turn and, and they went on to, you know, basically up until this day, Triple H and Stephanie are still the power couple, yeah. the, uh, even on air. And that yeah. was in 1999. Yeah. Holy moly. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, we're, we're into the top three now. Um, we're getting into some uh, to DX territory now. And we're looking at the time that, uh, that Triple H and his yeah. friends invaded WCW. So, Mad Dog, whose side were you on in this feud, by the way? Um, I, have, I have two parter here for you. DX and the Nation had a big feud. Were you a DX guy with Triple H, or were you a Nation guy? I was. I was a DX guy simply because I was a bit of a rowdy kid as well, and just what they were doing just made me feel more of a badass too. Absolutely, I I can't remember. I was. I'm going to age myself, but I was in uh, grade eight when this was when they were running wild, and I was running around telling (laughs) everyone to suck it at recess. You were, in, you were in grade eight. I was a senior in high school. Who's oh, man, I'm a Catholic. Now? Like, back then, I ended up being a massive Catholic. No, and, and if you're a baby and you say something like that, oh, your mom would, would take the house slipper off. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so the second part to my question, Mad Dog, uh, were you a WWF guy more or a WCW guy more? Because you did say WCW is what hooked you on the business. But what did you like watching? So, um, because I recorded WBF, you know, you could fast forward it at the advertisements. But watching WCW at the time, you know, you were like, you had that whole, it's starting, it's starting. And then, you know, just, just that like, yeah, yeah. With it. And, you know, you're sitting there watching it with friends. And then obviously we come up to the commercials. Oh, it's, it's coming back. Get back in. Yeah. Just, just that like little rush. So I would say WCW for now. Awesome, awesome. Uh, so Mike, tell me a bit about this uh, W. Sorry, W. The DX invading WCW because this yeah. is this is really crazy. Yeah, the, it was it was again one of these things that you just never got to see. You didn't blur you didn't blur the lines back then. You didn't talk about the competition. Um, up until then, the closest thing we ever seen to, to WWE doing something like this was uh, when they did the wrestling war room uh, skits, making fun of uh, WCW. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now they're not only talking about the the rival company. Yeah. They're in their backyard. They're right there. They're calling these guys out. And as far as we know, this is a shoot. You know, uh, this this was one of the most real things that we had seen back then. There was no, to me, there was no kayfabe in this back then. Like, Like for me personally, I thought kayfabe went out the window and they were actually invading WCW and it yeah. was one of the it, it was like one of those things fan. where oh my god this is so wrong but it feels so right mm-hmm. 
exactly. I like that they got the fan uh, saying that he got his ticket for free. I thought that was a great shot. Yeah. Like, Hell no, I got my <laughs> ticket for free. WCW sucks. Like, absolutely hilarious. But now, if you're Eric Bischoff and you could go back in time, I'm gonna. This is what I would have, uh, you know, quarterback, armchair quarterback, and 20 years later, let them come into the building and let them go right into yeah. your ring. And I'll tell you why. Every single television set would have switched over yeah. to Monday Nitro. And uh, you know what I would have done? I would have sent out the toughest bastards I had in real and you know, a shoot. And I would have had him just beat the shit yeah. out of DX, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm sending out, like, Ming and the Barbarian and, you know, like, all their God. shooters out there. You know, the Finleys. And the fact then yeah. it was personal, right? I would have had him go out there and just yeah. wipe See, the See, it's funny you're saying that. It's like, um, you know, like, Eric Bischoff was always the one to take a few shots. And obviously, anyone who transitioned from WWF to WCW, they always had something to say in WCW. But then there you go, WWF have only got triple or sorry, DX um, making that invasion. Yeah, it was like a little <laughs> here's your receipt, right? I mean, I mean, Bischoff himself did, did he not build a whole pay per view around him challenging Vince to a fist fight? Yeah, yeah that was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> That's when the wheels were falling off in WCW. Yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, all right, well, uh, we're going to stick on the DX train, and we're going to move to 2006 when Shawn Michaels and Triple H reunited as DX. All right, all right. Um, the, this is one of my favorite moments of all time because Triple H had been one of the biggest heels in the company for the longest time, and he'd been on he'd been on the side of Vince McMahon this whole time. Um, meanwhile, uh, Triple H or uh, Vince McMahon ju- was just feuding with Shawn Michaels. I uh, just had a, a big match at WrestleMania against him yeah. and is using the Spirit Squad as his little uh squad of guys to go after Shawn Michaels. And uh, now he's sending H. the Spirit Squad mm-hmm. after uh, after Triple H. And in one of the coolest moments when he's calling all, you know, he calls out Mikey and calls out Nikki and calls out Dolph Ziggler and, you know, is calling him all these guys out. And then I can't remember which one he called. Maybe it was Mitch, somebody. He called out one of them. And <laughs> all of a sudden the guy just yeah. comes flying out from the back. <laughs> yeah. And then, then here comes Shawn Michaels and the crowd yeah. went fucking bonkers. Yeah, they, yeah. They, got, they got real crazy. Mad Dog, do you remember? Absolutely, yeah. So obviously, like coming back to that moment, just just throwing him out in front of the fence. He's like watching what the hell's going on. HBK comes out, so everybody's like, "Wow, this is amazing! It's gonna is it gonna happen? Is it gonna happen?" Shawn Michaels comes in, beats those guys down. Triple H, HBK look at each other. They put those hands up. Man, oh, anticlimactic, almost. Yeah. Oh, it's unbelievable. I will say um, this was about it as far as I enjoyed yeah. with the DX reunion, though. I wasn't a, I wasn't a big fan of them after this. I, I thought uh, were you not? I, I wasn't okay. a big fan of this of this little DX run that they had. But I will say this exact moment that you're speaking about is one of my favorite moments yeah. in, in Monday Night Raw history. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, now I was a fan of uh, of the little uh, the D, the DX reunion thing, but yeah. this is my favorite yeah. moment of yeah, them. Yeah, it was awesome. It was uh, awesome. And... 
it's just it's such a feel good moment because since uh, Sean came back full time to WWE, yeah. he had feuded with Triple H. Triple H ha- and, tr- and when yeah. was the last time we saw Triple H as a face? Oh, it had been a long years. time. Years. It's been four or five years since he had been a face. So if he was yeah. going to turn face, this was the way to do it. And and just like Mad Dog said, when they they kind of put their heads together and then they push back and then cross the arms and, yeah. and high five, yeah, it absolutely. was what a moment. And, and yeah. fans oh, hated I think, the uh, fuck back to what Tyler said about the that DX at the time. Um, it wasn't the same, of course. It was more of like a a PG version, um, which was still like it was still fun. There were yeah. some uh, little jokes there that you know. Obviously, the DX on the building, the DX on the plane, and then Vince McMahon, and he would, yeah, yeah, the would yeah, yeah. Vince was great. Like Vince was always hilarious. His facial expressions, his demeanors, and stuff. But like you said, Mad Dog, it, it was very toned down. I found it was a lot of like, um, you know, like fart humor instead of the rebellious DX that yeah. they they did yeah. back in the day. But it was, oh, it was a different time period yeah. also, right? Exactly. And maybe that's why because okay, I like a good <laughs> fart joke or a good dick joke. So <laughs> I, I won't lie. I, I, I attended the Raw uh, the night after Unforgiven 2006. And uh, and that night I bought myself a t-shirt <laughs> that says Vince likes cock. I do remember so. that shirt. I was actually at that pay-per-view. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you yeah, you were at Unforgiven in Toronto and I was at Raw in Montreal the very next night. Yeah, that was a stacked card, Mad Dog. That Unforgiven had um it was the main event with Edge and John yeah. Cena in a TLC match. And then the DX ended up fighting Vince, Shane, oh. and the big show in a Hell in a Cell match. So it was a big big card in Toronto. I was sitting right behind oh. JR and the King in the front row actually. Yeah, it was cool and, and uh maybe I'll post it on our Facebook too. I actually got uh, Jim Ross gave me his paper that he used for the show with all the matches written on it. He had handwritten the attendance on it and oh, he signed amazing, it for me. The show see, what I, oh, just, just even thinking about going to like a, a pay per view. Yeah, we're, we're lucky in Toronto and, and the Toronto crowd, um, they, they call us Bizarro <laughs> World over here, you know? Yeah. We we we're like the we're like the European crowd. We don't follow the rules. You know what I mean? If we don't like something, we're gonna tell you. This is shit. Absolutely, like, <laughs> honestly, the best policy. Yep. That's it, right? Be really fucking polite about. Yeah, it. we're very polite. We always apologize after we're Canadian. Hey. <laughs> no. Now, as nuts as the crowd went for that that uh, DX uh, reuniting, it's nothing, and I mean nothing in comparison to their reaction to my number one, one of the biggest uh, pops I've ever heard in my fucking life, was when Triple yeah. H returns to the ring in two thousand two yeah. after being off for eight months. Yeah, from the squad, I, I can't yeah. argue yeah. with your number one. Yeah. This is this would have been my number my, one. Yeah, this is this moment. Uh, I remember, like, obviously the match that he got hurt, the tag match with Benoit and Jericho and, and him and Austin, which yeah. tore the house down also. Um, but Triple H was, like I said, at this time frame, was yeah. the best wrestler in the world. Um, and the injury was probably good timing for him. That means he didn't have to suffer through the terrible invasion angle that they, that they ran. 
Yeah, but he was missed every week. It, it was very noticeable uh, that the talent was not there with, with him. If Triple H or if anybody had any doubt whatsoever that the fans have had accepted him by this point, those doubts were out the window oh, no. when his music hit that night. On oh, the build, the build up, right? Mad Dog, do you? I don't know if you remember or not, oh, but yeah. they hyped this up for months, and they had those great. Um, but your your fellow countryman also you too right yeah, Bono, yeah. He's, he's he's Irish is he not and they had uh, the Bono music videos playing uh, he didn't have stuff like that for anybody back then they went all out they hyped up yep. Triple H for months and months and they picked the perfect spot in arguably the most famous arena in the world for wrestling and especially in the WWF Madison Square Garden as Bret Hart or, or once said it's not. It's not a church, yeah. but it's yeah. holy. Ground. Oh man, yeah. As I say, I'll never forget that moment. Just, just the way he came out and his like, his like denim slash leather jacket. Just everything came out. His, his new music. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, just everything about that moment. Like, like you're talking about the videos. Just this whole recovery process, which made him more of a face because he was like coming back as like a right. You know what? It's it's like he's he's got knocked down, but he's he's showing his. Resilience, he's coming back. Oh, yeah, I'll never forget that pop. That pop, I would say, would probably be similar to maybe Age's return, the Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When he spit yeah. that water out, it was crazy. It was crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I want to say, if we, if we were talking biggest pops in the world, you know, the only things maybe to ever beat that would, would be maybe the, you know, the, the, the time uh, Austin came out. Um, who was he saving? He was saving the Rock. Yeah, he was saving Mick Foley, and when when Foley Mick. won the world title, yeah. exactly. Uh, that you know that might yeah. have been the only biggest bigger pop. Uh, even the pop that Ziggler got when he cashed in doesn't quite yeah. come up to this Triple H pop. Yeah, absolutely. And Triple H came back yeah. looking like a monster. Oh my god, he was like holy crap, he was double the size he was before. Absolutely, man. And, and you know, Mad Dog, as someone who you know, you're an athlete, you're, you're putting time in the gym, you can only imagine how many hours, how many days a week, how uh, you know, how many like, sessions it, a day. It's not even just the training in to, general, but to, see to when get... it comes to the exercise and stuff like that, fellas, it's the eating, like just what for the amount uh-huh. of loads that I'm sure he's had to eat, then just stick to that and just oh. Yeah, just mindsets more than anything. Oh, and then, you know, it led into um, what I had as one of my honorable mentions. That same year, yeah. Win the Royal Rumble that year. And then he went on to have um, the main event of WrestleMania, which was actually in Toronto, which I was also at. um, When he he fought Chris Jericho underneath Hogan Mm -hmm. and The Rock. Everyone forgets about it, right? Because Hogan and The Rock... And I, I came close to putting that on my list uh, because he, he walked away as undisputed yeah. champion that night. Yeah, I, I think that and, match would have had a better shot of making your list if the build-up to it didn't involve Stephanie McMahon's dog. Yeah, the build-up the build to that was... The build-up was crappy and the match was fantastic, except we were, and you can speak of this because you were sitting there live, tell me that you weren't sp- Bent after watching Rock and Hogan. I was exhausted. I could have went home after that match. It was um, like like Mad Dog. For me, I'm a big I'm a big fan of wrestling, of music, uh, sporting events. I yeah. I go to everything that I can go to, 
Hogan and The Rock was the loudest. I'll, I'll never that forget watching that. It was just the, just the the start of it. My God, just even thinking about it now, still, oh, my hair still stand up. Just the way they look at each other, they both look at the crowd, look at each other, look at the crowd. Oh man, yeah. And that's what that's what everyone says is you know uh, the big complaint about this generation of wrestling. Everyone's doing too much and. These guys did nothing at that point, yeah. and they had you in the palm of their hand. The yeah. storytelling was was amazing. And I'll, I'll tell you on a personal level, when Hulk Hogan started hulking yeah. up, you know, at the end there, I was I was yeah. I was a six year old <laughs> kid again. You know what I mean? I lost my mind. I, I was I lost control of myself. I, I yeah. you know I've never had an experience like that before. So I obviously have some honorable mentions before, but before I hit them, I want to see what you guys have. Uh, anything that didn't make my list that you're thinking of in the back of your heads? Well, Matt Dog, I'll let you start off. If, if there's anything, anything that you don't think might cover any Triple H memories, yeah, I've got. Uh, so I've got there. two. Um, sorry, tell late. I've got three. One, this man is known for his entrances, and I think. You know what I mean? It's like, I think yeah. one of his... Yeah, I know. And, and, and I didn't I didn't know how to yeah. fit them on my list because I, out of all his WrestleMania entrances, I can say there's only one I've disliked. And then the rest are probably the greatest yeah. entrances yeah. In, in WrestleMania history. I think history. one of his best entrances for me was the time That's he came out in the gold, the gold robe where it had Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, Alexa Bliss. Yeah. Just that, and then the way he takes off the crown, and the crown goes past him, and he brings his head back. Oh man, yeah. Was WrestleMania thirty? Thirty. Yeah. That was thirty. He fought Daniel Bryan. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's a good. That's yeah. a good call, Mad Dog. That's a nice cut there. And even in yeah. general, his entrance in general is awesome. The music, the lights, yeah. the yeah, water man. spitting, the turnbuckle pose, like Triple H's entrance. That's a yeah, good call, Mad Dog. Just... I didn't have that on my list. My my, my person. My personal favorite, uh, uh, everybody makes fun of it, but I love it. My personal right. favorite yeah, is Terminator that. entrance. Uh, I love that too. I, I love that so much. Um, the only one I didn't like, the only one I don't enjoy was the one with him and Stephanie when they were going the to face Rhonda and, and Kurt yeah. when they came down on the motorcycle. Yeah. Because for, for one... <laughs> You have all these girls driving yeah. legit motorcycles, and then they get down on these fucking tricycles. Yeah, that was weird. That was that weird. was a bit of a weird one. And then, that, and, and then Stephanie doing the Triple H pose and, and water spit was just <laughs> so awkward looking. Yeah, that was Stephanie probably fun for her though, right? For her, yeah. I'm How cool sure. is that for you know standing beside your husband? Yeah, you're standing beside your husband at the event that your father created, and, and yeah, that's that like was a probably a cool personal too, yeah. moment for I, her. I, I, yeah, <laughs> maybe I was just surprised to find out Stephanie spit. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> um, so that would be that one, and then um, <laughs> the other thing that I've got down here is Evolution. That night where they created Evolution, Ric Flair, Randy Orton, Batista. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Definitely yeah. my honorable as well. Yeah. I, I had for my, my evolution moment was That's when right, they yeah. actually kicked the good old thumbs down moment. Yeah. Went the thumb the thumbs down. 
yeah, yeah. That was that was the night after he won the belt, also right here in Toronto. We're yeah, in LA, yeah. Triple H Toronto. Uh, and then my last one that I wanted to talk about was the night that he admitted that it was him who planned taking out Austin. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't oh, even man, think that. Yeah, yeah Matt Dog's coming in with the deep cuts today. I love it. said it himself. He was the man. He was the man. Yeah. I remember Rikishi doing that promo before I, Triple H. I, I, was, just, I was just about I to say, it. I'm glad Triple H didn't come out and say he did it for The Rock. I did it for The Rock. <laughs> uh, I actually thought, Mad Dog, you were going to say when he admitted that he attacked Shawn mm. Michaels. That's on my honorable mention. When he when uh, they had their feud lead mm-hmm. the Shawn Michaels return match at SummerSlam. Yeah. That, that whole little program, that the feud they cut with each other, the match at SummerSlam was unbelievable. Shawn Michaels, oh, one of the greatest of all time. Um, I also had on mine his uh, Hell in a Cell match with The Undertaker <sighs> at WrestleMania I thought was incredible. Uh, my my favorite near fall of all time is when Shawn Michaels super kicks The Undertaker into the pedigree. Uh, what a what a WrestleMania moment that is. Um, you know, he won the world title at the Royal Rumble, which was a nice little twist there to yeah. help put Roman Reigns over at WrestleMania. Um, I had his feud with the Nation of Domination on there, which is one of my favorite feuds from, from my childhood. Uh, and then the last one I've got is um, yeah. with China. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I think Triple H and China were, they were awesome together. You know, let's be real and say what you want about China, whether you're a fan where you weren't a fan and, and you know, it's tragic what happened with yeah. her, but she changed the game, man. And, and Triple H and her, they, they did a lot together and she added uh, the next level yeah. to Triple H. To yeah, get absolutely. To become like, you know, like, you know like what I mean? you're saying there, but like, no, I, fair enough. What happened happened, but I always remembered her for the good things, you know, and yeah, you know, just that pairing together. She never like one thing that I liked about her. She never smiled. She just always ha- she was just always in character, no matter what. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. was crazy. Like she yeah. was like stone faced, no matter what. And man, she was throwing <laughs> those guys around too, right? I know Mick Foley really helped put her over. Mm-hmm. Like he he got thrown around by her a lot, but. Well, like you saw China, and you're just like, geez, I don't want to mess with her. One of my favorite moments was uh, during the. I, I actually it was her first appearance when she was uh, when she grabbed Marlena and just whipped her around like a rag doll. No You've kidding. Never seen yeah, she. That, that was crazy. Um, and then, sorry, the last point I did have was uh, you got to talk about Mad Dog. You mentioned it at the beginning. Oh, hey, Rock. you know what? Awesome. As I say, top top guys back then, the Rock Triple H. Austin, you know, it's funny. I started to see these um, Mount Rushmore memes, and Triple H hasn't done them. Yeah, yeah, he's you know, it's it's tough for me to put him on mine too. If, if Mount Rushmore, yeah, if we were doing a top seven, yeah. let's say, I would have Triple H on mine, <laughs> but for me, like, I'm looking at guys like Bruno San Martino, um, John Cena. You can't, yeah, everyone sleeps on Cena, but the guy's been on yeah. top longer than anybody in the company's history. Yeah, uh, and then and then you know you got Hogan, and then you can you can kind of substitute anyone from yeah. the Undertaker, Triple Rock, H, yeah. Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. Uh, th- that last spot, The Rock, absolutely right. That last yeah. spot, I think for me, is up for grabs at least. So uh, my last just couple uh, things that didn't make it on my list, couple honorable mentions. I've got um, 
beating Batista in Batista's very last uh, oh, uh, wrestling match. Yeah, 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 absolutely, uh, full circle. Uh, beating beating Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania in one of my yeah. favorite WrestleMania not matches. No, not not mine. I, I know we. Do. I I was not happy. I was not happy I know. that Brock was losing so much when he first came <laughs> I back. Uh, I, was, I was fired up. Uh, his 2007 return after uh, after mm. after being gone for a bit. Yeah. Um, and lastly but not least, it was him turning on uh, on Daniel Bryan to form the Authority. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I was uh, so when, I'm a when, 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 fan. I believe that's when Randy came down and, and, and cashed in the, uh, the, yeah. the money in the bank. Yeah, yeah, he was the referee. Him yeah. and Daniel Bryan and Cena yeah. had an absolute classic for the world title. Yeah. Bryan finally got his crowning moment, and yeah. Triple H took it away from him. And yeah, and you know what? The the authority was a nice little like I know that everyone says they were on TV too much, blah 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 blah. Yeah, blah, but absolutely. they had a great absolutely. run. I, well, I enjoyed say the authority. like your Triple H too. You know, back in the day, he always cut a good promo. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and Triple H, it's like you said, he's a storyteller. He can get you. He's the cerebral assassin. He can get anything over that needs to get over. He's a constant professional. And you know what none of us talked about is let's, let's just give a tip your hat. Triple H is the, the head of NXT. He's the guy that made NXT what it is. Exactly. You, you know, you want to talk about Triple H and Shawn Michaels being two of the greatest of all time. Well, they're also yeah. molding the future yeah. right now. Absolutely. Well, Mike, I I, I can't uh, I can't disagree with much of your list. I think you yeah, I think Definitely. you did it pretty well with Triple H this week, buddy. Fantastic. Uh, so, Mad Dog, I'm going to get you just to stick around with us for one minute. Before Mike tells me what my list is for next week, please uh, push your social media one more time. Uh, let the people know where they can Absolutely, get a hold man. of you, Mad so Dog. Facebook is Mad Dog O Doherty. That's D O C H E R T Y. Instagram Conman eight seven six, all lowercase C O N M E N. 876. That's the most active I'm on for now is Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. And I will make sure that we post all that on our social media platforms so that people can look into you. Um, Mike, what am I doing next week? Well, we are still in the month of June, right? Uh, when I think of the month of June, I know June hasn't been known for this for a long time, but when I was a kid, June was King of the Ring month. So next week, your challenge is to give me the top seven King of the Ring tournament matches. Awesome, man. I look forward to that. I got some some homework to do because there are some sleepers in that tournament that people don't talk about these days and i'm gonna dig through them no mad dog thank you so much for being with us here today man uh we 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 would love to have you back on in the future uh, especially once you open especially after the uh the pandemic is lifted and uh you start wrestling again uh, we'll get you back on to 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 start talking about uh you know uh how your career is going in in a few months absolutely fellas you know what hey it's been a been an absolute pleasure um i do feel like as if I've made two more mates um, that I haven't even met yet, but like you boys, you have been sound. It's been great chat, Mookies, and we've had a laugh as well. 
Of course. And Mad Dog, like Mike said, anytime you've got anything coming up, reach out to me. You've got my information. We will plug right, it. Lads, We're going to help you out you any way much. we can. Okay, Mad and, Dog? Uh, and all our promoter friends out, out in Canada, uh, pay attention. Uh, try to get our friend Mad Dog out Ooh, here out yeah. west, all right? <laughs> yeah, help help us get a pint with That's the Mad it. Dog. Take us take us on. All right. Uh, on behalf of Mad Dog Connor and Tyler, I am Mike, and uh, we've been counted out. Cheers.